Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you to uh, TNC's latest podcast on the topic of how to build, deploy, and manage an agile global network. I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of Network Collective, and I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. Uh, as I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecoms uh, strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 280 major UK and multinational organizations to get the best possible commercial, technical, operational and contractual results from all of their network and telecom solutions. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome uh, our special guest today, Matt Jago. So as I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners know, Matt is one of the highest profile IT leaders in the UK, both as a result of his work as Head of Information Systems and Operations at Sitesavers, uh, as well as his long-term contribution to the charity IT Leaders Organization, which brings together CIOs from the UK's largest charities and NGOs. So for those who don't know Sitesavers, it's an international uh, non-governmental organization that works with partners in developing countries to treat and prevent avoidable blindness and to promote equality for the people with visual impairments and other disabilities. It's really an inspiring organization that does absolutely amazing work. Matt, it's a pleasure to, uh, to talk with you today. Would you like to say hello to our viewers and listeners? Hello, viewers and listeners. Thank you for having me, John. Great pleasure. So, look, we've got a great topic today. Uh, how to build, deploy and manage an agile global network. It's extremely interesting. It's extremely timely. So, you know, with the rise of, 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 uh, of cloud-based applications, a huge increase in the agility uh, requirements for network and telecoms. And of course, let's not forget the vast uptake in, in uh, remote working as a result of COVID. Many organizations are scrambling to build new infrastructures to support uh, and to address those challenges. And you know, for, for many organizations, this is increasingly meaning uh, uh, moving away from the traditional approaches of uh, MPLS and on-prem telephony and so on. Um, but it's also driving a massive change in, uh, in the operating models as, as organizations look to move away from what may be considered um, a pretty clunky single supplier uh, solutions from the traditional telcos and looking to, to, to identify and, and procure and deploy uh, much more agile approaches. And often these are, are, are utilizing multiple suppliers. Now, Given the very tricky geographies in which SiteSavers operates, the constrained budgets that come from trying to maximize expenditure uh, on frontline services, Matt and his team have spent many years developing really innovative ways to deliver network and telephony solutions to their global user base. So as a result, SiteSavers has been really early adopters of some strategies that are really going mainstream now and that many of our viewers and listeners will, will be familiar with or will be starting to grapple with uh, so, you know, particularly uh, moving away from MPLS services to, to internet services for, for network connectivity, using local ISPs uh, rather than uh, uh, global uh, telcos, uh, moving away from on-prem telephony to cloud-based telephony, all these uh, trends which are, which are really becoming quite common and are on the agendas for, for lots of organizations. And, you know, and crucially, Matt and his team have developed a, a, a a very agile operating model to support those solutions. So Matt, we're really looking forward to, to hearing your insights there and your experiences of, of making some of those things happen. So it's three main questions we're gonna go through. And if I may start with, as is traditional, with uh, question one. So 
what are the main challenges you've encountered in, in building your global network and telecoms uh, infrastructure? And, and how would you say the, the, the main things you've done to overcome those challenges? Thanks, John. Yeah, so, uh, so I've been at SightSavers now for uh, just over 12 years. Um, and I started out uh, on, on the service desk uh, and I slowly sort of worked my way up through through the various roles to, to, to where I am now. Uh, so I've seen it from, from all, all different angles. Um, the, the main challenge is obviously where we operate is the actual technology that's been available. Um, if you consider that, you know, in the UK that you know, we've all had broadband now for, for quite some time, you know, and you know, we, we talk in, you know, in, in megabytes and tens of megabit connections. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's not the case everywhere that we operate. Um, when I first started at SightSavers, we had several satellite connections to um, our offices, um, certainly in Africa, and they were extremely low bandwidth, sort of, you know, they'd, they'd guarantee um, sort of 32K uh, of, of connectivity and they'd burst <laughs> up to maybe 128, and that would be an office of 12 people. Wow. Um, those were the days, right? Those those were the days, and you know, I don't know if you've ever heard the term of sunbursts, um, which is where satellites lose their connectivity because the sun is sort of behind the satellite. So you you just you get sort of solar flare activity, and your internet just stops. Um, and it was a whole new 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 sort of experience for me back then. So we were lucky to start moving away from these technologies. Uh, you know more not necessarily more reliable i think it's certainly initially when we started to move away from satellites we, we were going we were sort of dropping the reliability just to increase speed um you know as the local isp started to sort of develop better technologies and better quality of service um we we, we sort of took the hit on the reliability front you know yeah. there was a lot of issues um you know quite a bit of downtime but the speed when it was up was was significantly better. Um, then I'm not sure exactly when it was, but there was a, a big um, sort of fiber pipe was plugged into um, sort of, sort of the, the east coast of Africa, sort of Kenya, Tanzania sort of way. Mm-hmm. And from there, because I think traditionally there was only one connection uh, in and it was coming through the north of Africa at that point. Um, but from that, just sort of spawned a whole load of activity and increased connections. And I think we replaced our 256K uh, satellite connection in, in Kenya with a 10 meg fiber connection. You know, and the difference it's game changing stuff completely unbelievable. So the model we had was very much, um, you know, we stuck with sort of one year terms with a lot of our connections. Um, and they were all locally managed. Um, you know, we, we supported them with the sort of technology and, you know, what, what they should be looking at, but they were locally managed um, sort of ISP connections. But again, we had that one-year term. We didn't go for the three, five-year terms at all because um, we wanted the flexibility to move as more technologies came through. Ah, right. So that enabled you to sort of piggyback on the, on, on the, the technologies as they improved as, as new things became available. Yeah, and, and often, you know, the, the ISPs themselves were, were gaining more technologies and, you know, they could then offer you 
yeah, we ended up getting faster connections for less price from the same vendor um, because we were at that renewal point earlier. Yeah. Um, so that was quite key to sort of you know, jumping on these technologies as soon as we could. And we were early adopters in a lot of them and some of them didn't work. Um, we did we did have some connections that, you know, the, the ISP was over-promising and we just rolled back to the to the old connection. Mm. Um, and have you found that that... that, that reliability you, you said you sort of took a hit on reliability to gain performance or, or, or bandwidth at least have you found over time that that reliability has come back and you started to get much more stability into the network definitely and certainly with the advent of, of sort of fiber fiber connections uh to, to the various exchanges that that's massively improves the the reliability of these connections there's still challenges and there's still challenges with the basics you know where we run generators in, in a lot of our offices because the electricity isn't on a lot of the time. Um, that's, that's what we deal with. Yeah. Uh, so the reliability certainly improved, the speeds improved. Um, and you know, I don't think we took a hit for very long at all, really. Um, the, the benefits, I think, of, of the technology changes was they were so rapid uh, and the adoption was so high that, you know, things were being tested and fixed very rapidly. Mm. Um, so it was quite a lot of innovation, really. And, and how did it work in terms of, you, you mentioned that these are locally sourced uh, services. Do, do, do you set standards centrally? Do you guide the local offices about what to buy? Not presumably who to buy from, but what they should be looking to source. Sure. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I couldn't tell you which which ISP was best in in Uganda or Kenya or Senegal, as much as they could tell me which mobile operator is best to to cover, you know, East Sussex um, in the UK. Why would they know that, and why would I know that? Yeah. Um, not to rely on the expertise on the ground, um, and by sort of having that that model, it, it gives us. A, assurance that you know we're buying something that's you know locally well regarded um but also that they then manage that account they then manage the, the conversations with the supplier um, there is an obvious language barrier um between us and we you know we, we do we do also talk with the suppliers and if we you know we've got any vpn issues with various things that you know will we'll of course be on the phone but the local office is always supporting us with that and they've got that relationship so you have to make use of what you've got that's interesting so so because the, the next question i was going to come on to is 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 sort of how you built out the operating model and, and you know obviously we've we've spoken many times in in the past you know you've got that you know i guess in in a traditional telco model the issues are brought into a central help desk and that's you know it's a sort of single point out to to often to a single provider obviously you have multiple providers it sounds like you have multiple therefore let's use uganda as an example uganda buys its own link uganda is involved in the troubleshooting of its own link so but but it sounds like you have almost a co-manage model so you would get involved as a central service for some issues the local office would would support that but equally they would have their own interactions i guess in faulting situations and so on yeah so 
I mean, you, you can look at it from a procurement standpoint of, you know, there are, you know, we have our various procurement guidelines within the organization uh, and then sort of various sort of delegated authority levels that, you know, who, who can approve, approve what and to what level. Um, so with regards to the internet connections, that was always funded by, I, by the IT team. So out of the IT cost center. So that gave sort of um, an element of visibility uh, on, well, you know, this is, you know, this is the budget. This is what we, what we can afford to pay. So you know, we're not going to go to the, you know, to the, to the highest stream. We're not going to get some company to, to roll fiber down the road to the office because this is, this is not, this is not viable from a cost perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll work with you. You know, you bring us your recommendations and, you know, we'll suggest what you should be looking at. And, you know, sometimes you find that ISPs would sort of over promise and say, oh yes, we can deliver, you know, a 10 meg connection, but it's, it's completely overpriced. Whereas actually if you drop back a little bit to the eight meg connection, you know, they're, they're actually comfortable. They can deliver that. Mm. You get a better service and you get a better price as a result. Um, so it's that balance really and again working with the local the local staff who who, who have the knowledge yeah i was gonna say so it sounds like um yeah you, you know you've got the it expertise but they've got the local market expertise relationships etc do you find that that co-managed model it let's go use the term keeps everyone honest but you you know that the, they're the, the the office is incentivized to to suggest service providers they're comfortable to work with because they know they're going to be part of that management solution going forwards. They're not just throwing it over the fence. Oh, well, that's central IT's problem now. We don't have to worry about it. That presumably gives them a feeling of skin in the game. It does, yes. And I think, um, you know, that they feel a bit empowered to to do that and uh, take a bit of ownership of it, there, you know, a bit more ownership of it, therefore. Mm-hmm. And it's you know at the end of the day it's in their best interest if you know if if they're putting forward a, a bad uh, ISP then you know they're going to get a bad network experience and that's going to affect everything. Um, yeah, and, and 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 critically, I guess it's not just your problem. You know, they can't just sort of say, "Ah, oh, well, this is IT." Uh, you know, because I, I, you know, what were the issues we constantly hear about from organisations is if central IT imposes the solution, it almost gives the local operation, uh, you know, carte blanche. That, oh well, it was just sent. We we never we never thought this was the right thing to do. It's just what IT did to us. They don't have that get out of jail almost in 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 in, in that co managed model. No, and you know, every, everyone loves to blame IT. Of course, it's it's the go-to, and I do it as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> Despite good. being IT, exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, and and you can expand this out to everything. You know, if IT, you know, are too prescriptive on what you can and cannot do, then people are just going to find ways to to do it a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be a balance. Everyone's got to work together. It's it's got to be collaborative or you're doomed to failure really yeah and is that so so how do you uh, uh, divide roles and responsibilities between yourselves and the, and, and the local offices so you know do, do you have sort of pre-planned approaches if a fault occurs you do this or we do that or or is that is it more dynamic in in, in the given situation how do you do that I think it's quite dynamic. I mean, the, the sort of the operating model uh, of, of IT at SiteSavers, you know, we, we do 
we do have quite a few staff uh, in the UK, but over the last few years, we have been hiring in, in different regions. Um, so we have a member of staff in, in India. We've just hired, um, uh, last year we hired somebody in Nigeria because we have so many staff there now. Um, we needed local support. Um, on top of that, we have, um, we call them overseas IT contacts, but they're effectively IT champions in each office. Um, there are go-to contacts. Um, they're uh, quite often actually members of the finance team who are generally in the office more um, than our, sort of our programmatic teams who are obviously going out into the field. Um, and, you know, there are, there are points of contact. They're often the people that will probably be the liaison with the local suppliers. Um, and then we also have um, sort of various, I suppose what we would call sort of hot hands. So like in, your, in a data center, you have your hot hands person who has to go in and plug that cable back in. Um, depending on the country, depends on if we have somebody who's sort of contracted, they come in half a day a week and they deal with sort of the local problems that we just can't do over the phone or remotely. Um, and yeah, we have various different, I'll say levels of, of those individuals. Some, some are contracted, some just come in as and when we need them to, or we're deploying a new firewall. Can you, can you get us a quote to come in and just assist with, with plugging in and troubleshooting? Cause it's the stuff you just can't do remotely. Um, yeah. And we don't have people on a plane, um, obviously to go down and, and fix these problems. And technology has, has, you know, is now such that we, we don't need to do that very often at all. And presumably that's going to be avoided. It's expensive. It's very time consuming for your people. And, you know, and you yeah. can't do that or ever, for every issue. No, um, and we don't need to. So, um, you know, we're, we're quite lucky in that, you know, the technology we've deployed is, you know, it's, you know, we can generally either pre-configure it and then ship it or, uh, or we buy it locally. And it, it depends on the, on the, on the country. It depends on what restrictions we have in that respect. I was going to say, what, what do, do, do you, do you differentiate between, uh, this is a, a slightly um, a leading question, uh, the, 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 what are the things which you know, we, we, we hear from a number of customers where, where they're looking to move away from this kind of single uh, supplier managed service to something that's more fragmented and you know, they hope agile. They, they often say, sort of differentiate between markets where we have IT capability markets where we don't. So, you know, in Thailand, we have an IT guy, so we could, we could locally source services there because he's there to, 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 to do that. But in Malaysia, we don't, and therefore we wouldn't be able to do that. Do you, do you differentiate in the same way? Well, in Nigeria, we have an IT person, so we can, we, we can do things differently than in Uganda where we don't. It sounds like you've you've sort of come up with workarounds so you can act the same way everywhere. So I mean, we work from everywhere. So I think it, it it's economies of scale. So Nigeria, we you know we've now got sort of 80, 90 members of staff. Um, you know, we've got two offices in in that country now. You know, we do a, an awful lot of work there. So um, there was a need to to really have somebody permanently um, sort of in the office and available. Um, some of our offices are, are sort of one, one or two members of staff, and that's where they start. You know, we build up projects uh, that we do for our beneficiaries over time. You know, and certain offices will grow, and you know, when when certain projects finish, you know, we we, we close offices down once once the work is done. Mm. Um, so 
we wouldn't obviously put a full-time member of staff in an office of two people um, from an IT perspective. Um, but we're, you know, we need to, they need to be able to have some support. So if they're, um, you know, that would probably be a third party sort of technic technician or local, local IT support agency that we would, we would employ. And, and we would either employ them directly or again, we'd, we'd ask for local knowledge on that. Mm. It's very interesting. I mean, there's, there's a number of points you made and I think, you know, trying to sort of draw this up into a, uh, I guess, a, 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 you know, sort of set of key principles, you know, for, for organizations that have got, you know, where they've got that single source model today, you know, that, that's that's a very uniform network provision and, and, and operating model everywhere. That's that's why they do it. You know, they, they go to a global telco and they get the same service experience everywhere. By definition, if you go to that more fragmented model, which is becoming, you know, it's quite on trend to talk about, you know, we're going to go and buy services locally, um, you know, and, and, you know, use services like SD-WAN to try and, you know, in, integrate that together. I, I, I'll just be noting down some of the things you've been saying about, you, you, I guess it's, you have to embrace a set of principles, right? That, you know, you, you, you talked right at, right at the start about sort of assumptions about technology availability. You can't just assume that the technology you used in country A is going to be available in country B. And, you, you, you know, we were talking to a customer yesterday about could we use 5G everywhere? Like, well, no, you might be able to use it in country A, but it's not going to be available in country B. Be here, so uh, <laughs> yeah, they, well, it's, uh, you, you clearly live in a developing market. It's uh, as, as unfortunately, so do I, because there's no five G here either. No, uh, but there there will be five G in other areas. So it's it really is about making use of the technologies that are available. But then, as I say, there's an assumption that that you well, you can get broadband here. Why can't you get broadband there? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and and in some cases, you can get better than broadband in certain places. Yeah. You know, everywhere has has local restriction. It does come down to you know, um, I don't I don't like the term postcode lottery because, but it is that you know it, you know, you can really be well if you're you're that side of of that street then you can get access to this service and if you're not you can't yeah so it really is making use of of what's available to you and that has to be flexible yeah um, and I get it, yes it sounds like it's you know if I, if I, if I try and sum up what what what, it, what I think you've been telling us you've got a, a, an approach and a model which is applicable everywhere in terms of the co-management with the local market working with them you know so you've got kind of mutual skin in the game both as central IT but but as the local market you obviously set budgets uh, uh, in that way you see that the whole sort of process goes follows that model but you then those 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 are principles the application in each local market has to be local in nature you have to accept the technologies that are available as you say postcode lottery i quite like because there are winners and losers right you might be delighted to find oh in this market we can have we can have 5g we can have a you know super quick service that's pretty cost effective oh in this market well it's not so good and we're going to get a pretty lousy service it's quite expensive but you you have to be prepared to adapt to those uh, those parameters and, and those services you can't wish away oh well this is uh, we, we're not going to be able to do business in this country because the, the broadband's not good enough you've got to work around it yeah and it yeah 
even going back to the, the, the main point of today, you know, you, you have to be agile. You've got to be able to, as you say, if you want to start operating in a new country, what are the options? Yes. What can we do? What can't we do? What are the restrictions? Um, and again, you need to rely on the local knowledge on, on that to a point. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's that's really interesting. I think we I think we've got some really uh, some 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 really useful points. Yeah, for organisations that are thinking about going on a journey from you know that sort of unified service to something that's more uh, that is more agile. Um, you know, it's it, it, it yeah. There's a, there's a mindset change, right? You you, you know you have you have to you know look to what's available in the local market, but you have to have a, a an operating model and, 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 a, and a methodology and, a, and, a, and an ethos that allows you to, I mean, you said the same with how you support. Yeah, there'll be some markets where you've got Fred, the IT guy. Well, great. We can do it that way. You have other markets where you don't have an IT guy and you're going to have to, you know, look for local support or, you know, whatever that is. And again, you, you have to have that agility of mindset to, to implement a workable solution. Yeah. And I think also the go back to the you know the, the flexibility of it all of you know you might not be able to do what you really need to do in a certain area. So what do you, you know, what do you then come back to on that? What what are your fallbacks? Um, what's your bare minimums? Yeah, you know, your minimum viable product effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Do and I think again the technology that's you know ever evolving. You know, sometimes that actually helps. Sometimes it doesn't. So you you look at yeah, software as a service and all the cloud-based computing. This is great. What it relies on heavily is bandwidth. Yeah. You haven't got that. You're then sort of thinking, well, okay, if we if we move we move that service to a software as a service component, what what do we, you know, how's that going to work? Is everyone going to be able to access that? And great, we're going to do video calls all the time now. Well. And COVID's really shown that, you know, everyone working from home and some people having to rely on sort of, you know, internet dongles, you know, data usage. Yeah, let's let's do a nice big group video call. Yeah, absolutely. Just burned through two gig of data in in a, in a half hour telephone call, and I've got five more of those today. Um, that's not that's not viable. How do we how do we change that? Yeah, and, absolutely. So yeah, real a real challenge. But again, you need that flexibility and to be able to have that that setup where you can be flexible allows you to adapt quickly to the ever changing market. Fantastic, Matt. I'm very conscious we've run out of time for today's podcast, but that has been extremely interesting. As as always with these conversations, I feel we could go on for another hour and still be covering interesting ground. But probably best we don't. Probably best that we don't. And uh, but but Matt, thank you ever so much for joining us today. You, no you've Quite been it. absolutely fascinating, and, and you know I, I have absolutely no doubt you've 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 uh, brought some real insights to the topic, which our, our viewers and listeners. Uh, will enjoy greatly so thank you very much and thank you of course to everyone watching and listening um, please do let us know any questions you have about this topic about any other topic uh, that relates to network and telecoms of course uh, so please do go to our website uh, networkcollective.co.uk or of course any of the usual social channels we'd love to hear from you and uh, yeah we look forward to talking to you all again soon thanks everyone